Welcome to podcast 2187. Enjoy the show. And don't forget to submit your blaster for inspection. Welcome to podcast 2187. I don't know why I put so much emphasis on the 7, but here we are. We're in this episode. So, um, welcome everybody. I thank you all for listening. And we're going to have some cool stuff tonight. And we are starting with some conversation about the Mandalorian. Then we'll get to some more topics relating to the movie, The Rise of Skywalker, of course. Then we have some, uh, we we received an email with an audio recording in it, which is fantastic. And we'll go over that as well before we're done. But first things first, and we always have to get ourselves introduced here. So of course I am Tim, I'm the main host here. And then we, slash producer, slash whatever kind of hat I can put on. And then we have Mark, who is the main talent for the show, I'd say. And how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing all right. I mean, I'm sitting here. I have to my left a bubble tea. A what? Oh, you mean a, you mean boba? Well, when I ordered it, though, it was listed as a bubble tea. But yeah, See, it's, it's that. In, in my area, it's listed as boba as the way it should be. Yeah, no, it is more correct. Yeah, but. Yeah, we, we don't. Come on, Tim. This is podcast two eight seven. We talk about Star Wars. There is no such thing as bubble tea. You're drinking tea with. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm we just should, saying this. That's how it was listed. That that is technically what I ordered, even if I if it was I named it. incorrectly. We start saying it's Mandalorian tea, it, it, you know, because that's the popular thing nowadays. It's true. Or the the Din, whatever his last name was, tea. We may have to talk about that, too, because I, I see in our show notes, and our show notes are amazing. You went over them very briefly. Um, but also, one of the things that Deadline reported, real quick before we get to Oh, yeah. For Deadline reported that there would be some characters from the Skywalker saga. Yeah, in, in season two this season fall. Two. Now, I'm assuming that doesn't mean the spinoffs. So they're not talking about characters from Clone Wars or characters from... Rebels. Um, Rebels, and I hope they're not referring to things like, you know, Favreau tweeted out that picture of a Gamorrean guard. Right. (laughs) I I hope that's not the character that they're referring to or characters. So we'll see. I mean, I was talking about it with a coworker today, actually, because I did see that article, and he watches Mandalorian, and he he's been enjoying it. Um. And I think what we came up with, he suggested you always have the possibility for like race parents or something like that to show up. Um, I was feeling like the what I would like is to have some sort of young Ben and maybe even like a depending on budget and stuff, maybe even like a Snoke uh connection somehow. That would be neat to give that that backstory in visual media or well in a film media as opposed to the comics. Um and uh and he thought that was a cool idea too. And I think in the article it also suggested that maybe uh, Luke could show up. Is that right, or was that somewhere else? I saw that. For for you talking about Luke showing up? Yeah, I, I read somewhere. For I don't Obi-Wan, know. Obi Wan supposedly. Yeah, no, I saw that too. But I heard for the Mandalorian, uh, someone was suggesting that uh, they could try to get Mark Hamill to do the reprise his role as Luke for it. And maybe just try to do what they did, like with Last Jedi and his flashbacks with Ben, or make him look something like that, um, with his quest to find these Jedi and Sith artifacts and all that, and somehow cross paths. Like if there's Baby Yoda involved still, and and something about when the Mandalorian was just told about the 
Jedi and Mandalorian fighting and all that kind of stuff and get him back to his people, all that. Someone's saying, hey, maybe they should take him to the the Jedi in the galaxy at this point, which is Luke. I don't think I want Luke to show up. I on, He's my favorite, as everybody knows, and I don't think I want that either. It's possible that they could... I mean, the only reason I'd be okay with it is because this season has absolutely rocked. So I feel like if they did it, they would find a way to make it work. But initially, I don't think that's something I would want. No, because then, because then it really feels small. You know, people well, complain yeah. all the time. People complain all the time about the galaxy feeling small, and I think there are certain circles that the Mandalorian would run in, to where it makes sense if you see. You know, obviously, I love Boba Fett. It makes sense if Boba Fett's alive and you see him, or right. Dengar, or Bosk, or any of the other bounty hunters that we know of, or Jabba the Hutt, or Cad Bane somehow is not dead. Because that story is no longer canon, the the animatics that they did, right? You know, so all that stuff, you know, that feels like it doesn't. You know, the universe is still big if you're running into those people, right? But you're running into Luke, eh? It's a lot odd to me. Yeah, no, yeah. Oh, I... Look, it's Yoda. <laughs> I, I get that. I really do. I, I I feel pretty similar on that. But I don't know. It is interesting, and they have a lot of possibilities. I'm wondering who's going to be involved uh, with season two because, like, I don't. Perhaps I don't know, but perhaps like Deborah Chow might take a, a step back to focus more on her own Kenobi series, and maybe she won't be directing two episodes of this like she did uh, this first season. Um, I like to see John Favreau even direct one of his own for the, which I think I heard somewhere a while back that he might do that for season two uh like yeah i heard that too yeah so i love to see that um and then just yeah just get i mean that's one of the things that was cool about this eight episode season was getting the different takes and like bryce dallas howard came in for an episode and taika waititi had this season finale which was fantastic you know so i love to see these other creative influences come in and give their their take and their spin on star wars well they all had their you know overall the was it the production qualities remain the same? So yeah. it, it, you could look at it and not feel taken out by a different director's style, let's say. Yeah, exactly. But I do think that in some of the situations like Bryce Dallas Howard's lensing, let's say, of uh-huh. uh, of whatever that planet was, was not as good as Deborah Chow's vision of that planet. Yeah. You, you follow what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, agree. I, I, I think in some ways you could you could definitely see that some be- some directors were better, quote unquote. But again, you know, I still think Bryce Dallas Howard. She's new. She did an amazing job. I, I would not mind seeing her do it again. Um, but I think overwhelmingly, everybody thinks that oh my god, Deborah Chow did the greatest job, and they're right. Mm-hmm. Which is why. I'm really, really, really excited for Obi Wan that she's doing. Yeah, no, she she was great. I would also I would like to see Dave Filoni get another one too. Oh sure, we don't know who they're gonna. I mean, obviously they have the directors already; they're filming it, but right, they're just choosing not to let us know. So, so what do you think, Tim? Seven um, and eight. We didn't talk about it. Seven and eight. Well, so I thought they were both great. I mean, just get that out of the way. Okay. Um, I thought they tied together very well. 
between the two, between the two, I liked them both. Again, they were both great, but I think, I think I liked eight a little bit better. Well, yeah, I could see that. I mean, and again, I don't, I don't mean that to say that seven was, you know, any worse than anything else. Cause it, I think they were the best two episodes of the season. Let me put it that way. You thought they were both the best two of the season? Yeah. Like, like top two episodes for the season. Okay, I can see that. I, I, I think I'd really like to watch. I haven't watched them again. Um, it, it's been hard with it's been hard with school, been hard with the holidays for me to to watch the multiple viewings of these. Yeah, uh, I am going to watch them all again, and I especially want to watch those two back to back rather than than a week and a half apart. Uh huh. But uh, yeah, I thought it was amazing. Um, they probably are the best too. Okay, so because we didn't we didn't get to it last time, uh, how did you feel? And I'm drawing a blank right now. And it begins with a K. I can't remember his name, but Nick Nolte's Ugnot. Quill, Quilly, Quilly. It was. I think it was similar to like Quill, but it wasn't quite that. Or was it that? It was like K U I I L or something. Yeah. What did you think about how how that turned out? I thought uh, you mean him dying. Yeah. <laughs> spoiler alert. <laughs> it was it was well, spoiler. I mean, you had time. If you're listening it, to a review, was, you should know. I mean, it was sad. It and I don't even know. I'm trying to remember. The, episode seven is also where Cara Dune comes back, correct? Yeah. Okay, so that was the episode Deborah Chow directed. Episode seven. Yeah. And we didn't talk about this on the podcast. No, not not All last right. time. Okay. Last time so, we had a little bit more important things to talk about. Being that's the true, but to me, it's obviously an it's obviously an, an homage mm-hmm. to the, the reintroduction of Cara Dune is obviously an homage to Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, you know, when you first meet Marion, she's drinking. Uh, you know, she has a test of of wills against another patron in the bar. She's seen how many shots she could take. He's seeing how many shots he could take, and right. they're all betting on it, you know. And right. in this one, they're not drinking, but they're having a test of strength in another way. Mm-hmm. With bets, in, yeah. With bets, and it almost feels like it's her bar. Yeah, or, or like even if it's not one that she owns, it's still like her bar. You know what I mean? Right. It, you know, and I don't know whether it is or not, but it almost felt like she she had some ownership of that place. Whether it's because, you know she's there so often or I don't know what the situation is. Yeah. But, but they have made, you know, a lot of people, the minute anybody's introduced, they want a TV show off of them. You know, and, and, and that's the big thing right now. A TV show for this person. Let's do a Disney plus show for that person. Let's do, you know, the person has to have an interesting backstory or something you want to know about some right. sort of mystery that, that you can delve into this character. And one of the things that I really like about Carrie Boone is that, there's something wrong there, you know. She's <laughs> such she's such a good person, and yet, why does the New Republic after her, or why is the New Republic after her? Right. Or, or the it's New Republic, right? Yeah. Yeah, the New Republic. She she basically says that if she gets on on a transport, the New Republic will find her, and they want her. So not only would the Empire or the remnants of the Imperials want her. The New Republic wants her. She's wanted yeah. by both sides. You know, they talk about what 
what she did. And, and now they start throwing around the term jumper, right? Mm-hmm. She's a, she's a jumper. She's a jumper. So I imagine that, I imagine her and her crew, like, you know, parachuting or anti-graving or, or whatever the situation is in, in the hot spots uh, and fighting. And it's like, now that's a show that I oh, want yeah. to see. You know, we can we can all watch people scream for a Rose Tico show, which would be her. What Monster Garage? Was that what it'd be? Remember that I mean, show where they just build things? Yeah, you know, I don't I mean, know. I, I don't know what her show would be. She's a mechanic. She's a good mechanic, apparently. It would be like you know, pimp my ride with with Rose Tico. <laughs> they could do that, or they could make something about her involvement with the Resistance more in the Rise of Skywalker era. Okay, but the Resistance really didn't even start until. And this is what I'm talking about. Everybody's screaming for something, but let's look at what the possibilities are. You've got basically the Resistance starting more or less around the Force Awakens, right? Yeah, I think shortly before. Shortly before, but still, you know, you kind of had her in those stories, but you have, generally it's starting around that point. point. Last Jedi is a week after, and this movie's a year after that. So you really only have, what, a year of Rose Tico stories? Unless they go past episode nine with her. Well, yeah, that'd be kind of tricky, but... They're not doing that. But what is there exciting for her to talk about? I mean, I'm sure you could create something, but the more immediate storyline to me is Lando and Jana going to find Jana's parents. And, you know, we've yeah. talked about spoilers before to where, you know, he might exactly be, he might be her father. Yeah, but, I feel, but, I feel well, like that's the more organic story flow for them to take based off of what we have currently with the story. Right, but we're digressing from... from from Mandalorian. Cara Dune, excellent character. Uh, it was nice to see IG-11 back. Yep. Reprogrammed to protect temporarily. Um, well, protect the baby. Right. And protect, and protect his family and friends. Right. Everybody else, you're dead. <laughs> yeah, that, that, was, that was great to see. I mean, I... I Figure, I, I think I said this before. I figured at some point we would see him back just because there was promo material of him uh, that we didn't get to see yet. He came back in, in the seventh one, right? Or was it, was it before that? No, he came back in the seventh. Okay. So I'm like, I want to make sure we didn't already talk about this. Um, I, yeah, so I, I figured we would see him again because of that promo material. I don't think there's a ton of like, you know, deleted scenes that made their way to the previews or whatever. I think pretty much all of it we've seen now. Uh, so I was waiting for him to make some sort of return. And, and so when he did, I'm like, there you go. You know, makes sense. Fits in. Good story. Great story about uh, him is in the Mandalorian. Uh, readjusting and re-understanding his relationship with droids because of IG-11. Um, and yeah, and, and real quick, just want to throw in too. I think I know the name of your Cara Dune show. What? Now, I, I don't know how to, how, the proper... Uh, suffix or how to properly end this, but something along the lines of uh, the Alderanian. Ooh. Ooh. That's pretty good. And then we get one about Palpatine and it's called the Nabooian. No. It's got to be something about his, his extracurricular activities. And then we get one about Wormy and it's called the Tatooinian. No, I'm, I'm down for... Um, <laughs> I'm down for... Uh, uh, 
Sheev's place. Oh, okay. Or hey, Sheep's hey, <laughs> just make, just call it the Emperor's New Groove. There you go. Perfect. Yeah. Apparently, he's got a groove. <laughs> Apparently, because he yeah. Well, anyway, um. So yeah, overall. Mandalorian was great. One thing that is depressing about all this is just the wait, because we are used to having like 22 episode seasons that last us through like about the April May area, based off of like the U.S. television series circuit. So the fact that we are not even in 29 or 2020 yet, we're close actually. By the time that you're listening to this, it's New Year's Eve, uh, <laughs> but we're close. Um, but we're not there yet, and we already have to wait until fall before we see more. I'm assuming it's another eight episodes, and I'm also assuming that it, when they say fall, it'll probably be like November again or, or why, so before we, we get it. Why are we jumping to this? We haven't because, talked about we haven't talked about Moff Gideon. Well, we're getting there. The dark. Saber. Let, let me segue. Yeah, well, segue back from season two into into the, 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 the what? Listen to the magic as it happens. All right, go ahead. Let me see what you're going to cook up. And it's such a long way to get there. We might be looking at the January to November time frame that the anticipation that was built with, with the way that this season ended is just going to continue to build through that time, especially because of potentially Clone Wars and what they might do there in the meantime. Because what happened at the end of the, at the finale, oh, as everybody knows, of season one is the Darksaber, right? We got Moff Gideon holding that, coming out of his TIE Fighter with the Darksaber. Uh-huh. So it's a, a huge anticipation for us to wait to get to season two to see what develops there. But again, as I mentioned, between here and there, we have season seven of The Clone Wars coming on Disney+, Plus, which is the originating uh, storyline for the Darksaber. Now, hold and, on. Now. There yeah. is no way that he has... The only, thing, the only way we'll really see Gideon, I think, is if he is a member of the new uh, the, the Republic. If he's like a Tarkin level to where he's kind of working with the clones because... Oh, oh, the old Republican? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, because the Re- Rebels, at the end of Rebels, which is after this... Right. After the Clone Wars. Bo-Katan uh, and Sabine. Bo-Katan has the Darksaber. Yeah. So he wouldn't have that. You, you, we don't know yet what happens after Rebels or after Bo-Katan. Right. Uh, but again, this is really, really bringing it all around to what you and I have talked about, about, about Katie Sackhoff who voiced mm-hmm. uh, Bo-Katan, you know, and now she, she's talking about, you know, something great coming up, which we'll talk about later, or she just filmed something. Right. She was the last person with the dark saber. Dark saber shows up. They film the Mandalorian. It's all coming together. <laughs> yeah. It's not confirmation, but it would make sense. Absolutely makes sense. And and I'm still I was wrong about uh Boba Fett showing up in this episode. Uh-huh. But he's still not resolved because whoever was that jangly feet in It was not Gideon. Passage, it's not Gideon, and they would have let you know if it was Gideon. Well not only that, but like they show they specifically show his feet stepping on his tie and there are no sounds at all. Yep. So it's not him. We got uh, you know, we got confirmation it's not him. But it was great. I, I, these episodes are phenomenal. And, and uh, uh, our, our good friend Jason over at Making Star Wars, he was posting um, some of the pictures, uh, again, that he took when 
you know, he would spy on the film set or whatever. <laughs> and good Lord, you know, you could see the tunnel that good old IG-11 comes out of and blows himself up. Mm-hmm. They do some amazing work with those special effects because that thing looks so cheesy. Uh, the shot that, that Jason, you, uh, you know, he's, he's a little bit far away, but you're like, what is that? <laughs> that looks like some oversized PVC pipe that uh, in, in a ditch. But uh, they do a hell of a job with the special effects. They really do. And I know that they got a decent amount of budget with this being the launch series for Disney Plus overall. But it's extreme popularity. I'm wondering if it's going to get even more backing for season two. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, you just look at all the people that are, you know, like I said, my son, my son watches it, didn't really give a crap about Star Wars. His girlfriend's not watching it because she wants to know what he's watching. I got a lot of people at work that don't care about Star Wars and are watching it. Um, and then in turn, it's also turning them on to, well, let me see what more Star Wars then. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it is a good gateway drug for a lot of people. You know, you, you hook them with a cute crack. Little, little baby Yoda crack, and like you know. Although, although I do not think A New Hope is necessarily the right film for anybody to start with, and I don't know if Phantom Menace is either, to be honest. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think it is. I love both of them. I just don't necessarily think they're compatible with today's like quick cut mindset. You know what I mean? Right. I don't know. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, also, I, I had a sorry. I had a guy who showed his. He started his girlfriend off with a new hope. Um, just the other day, he's telling me about this. He's actually talking to me about it today, and he's like, she was bored. She didn't really almost want to go on. I said, but he told her you had to. <laughs> so they watched Empire Strikes Back, and and now she's hooked. Mm-hmm. But she thought a new hope was slow, and it's like uh-huh. okay. Uh, I don't necessarily disagree with you, but I think, but I think it, it it takes its time purposefully. It does. I mean, and and it's it's the theme. I feel like where the first part is slow because it. And this is getting a little analytical, but it's like it's matching Luke's lifestyle, which was slow and deserted, and there's not a whole lot there. And then once he starts to get involved with the rebellion and, and all that stuff and the Luke we know kind of starts to take off the pace and the story takes off with it. So to me, it kind of, it matches the experience that you're feeling along with the main character that you're following. Yeah. No, I get that. I, I, I'm curious. I, I, I don't even know why I thought of it, but you're talking about Luke. I'm thinking about Obi-Wan and, and now I'm curious at what kind of pace that movie will be, that show will be. I, I just want to know, like, is he going to leave the planet? Is he going to be on Tatooine? It doesn't matter. I'm just curious because at this point, I have full confidence it's going to be great between Deborah Chow and Ewan McGregor being the two names that we know are working on it. Well, I'm, then are they, I'm just excited. Are they shooting for it to be open-ended or are they, are they definitely trying one season standalone story and close it off, you know? Yeah, I don't know. Like, are they trying to make it like a book? You know what I mean? Like, right. did you read the Kenobi book? Uh, you know, I didn't. I was going to try to get the audiobook for it, but I could never find it in, um, in person. So, so I never I, did. I listened to the Kenobi audiobook. It was really good. Um, the story was great. I liked it. Uh, if they never did another one, it ended 
you know, it was a story about Kenobi on Tatooine. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you could then do a sequel, but that story was self-contained. Mm-hmm. Question is, do they do that for Obi Wan here? You know, do they do that for Cassian on, uh, you know, the Cassian show? I, I I just don't know if I, I don't know what their where their their mindset is. You know, I, I wonder if Cassian for them is that they've already signed contracts and they're just plowing ahead with it, anyways. I'm not sure if that would be the thing they choose now at this point. I I don't even know how far along they they they're being so tight-lipped about where Kenobi is in the process. They're just like, hey, it's happening. And I then that's it. it's filming really soon. Oh, well, yeah, but they say the same thing about the Cassian series and all of it. They don't even know the title or anything. So, well, well, they do. They do, but they're just not allowed to say what it is, I guess. But it's called not in production. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, I don't know. And you think we'll, we're probably going to get Mandalorian Season 2 before we get anything else. I yeah, I think that's most likely. But January is supposed to be the the month of announcements, right? It's supposed to be announcement for the new movie. Yep, where they maybe, let us know. Maybe animated shows. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if there's some scrambling at this point. Like, oh my god, people love Mandalorians. Let's do <laughs> Mandalorian everything. Baby Yoda, a Star Wars story. Yeah, that sounds more like a movie. But anyway. All right. They were short lived. So Mandalorian was great, right? Yeah, fantastic. Uh, Great, great villain with Gideon. Nice to see the Death Troopers. Um, I like the fact that that Griff Karga is not uh, not a villain per se. Right. Great to great to see Death Watch. Yep. uh, As the ones who uh, rescued. Din. And I'm still curious how, you know, he says Mandalorian's not a race. It's like a creed or a code or whatever. Right. Uh, I'm still curious, and I know they'll have to get to it to explain why some Mandalorians take off their masks and others don't. And do the Mandalorians that don't take off their masks think the other Mandalorians are crap? Right. Because obviously they have a planet called Mandalore. And, you know, and those people living there. You know, not all of them fly around in suits of armor. Right. I mean, we, I wouldn't blame them if they all did, but... Yeah, I, it, but we clearly saw that they didn't. Yeah. So who knows? Who knows what we'll get? But g- great show. Uh, uh, you know, it really has done a lot for for Star Wars. Right now, everyone's, everyone's mm-hmm. arguing about Rise of Skywalker, and no one's arguing about... Uh, Mandalorian, so I suppose it's good in a way. I I know people who don't give a crap about Star Wars; it's just not their thing, and they're watching and enjoying and liking the Mandalorian. Oh, good. Hopefully, they don't go on Twitter. <laughs> well, um, so speaking of Twitter, <laughs> yeah, I feel like we should go ahead and, and get our next topic, which I actually. I heard some things about it, but I did not. I don't have the full story, um, so I'm going to kind of hand it over to Mark here. But there are conversations happening about some sort of like alternate ending for the Rise of Skywalker. So um, again, you want to kind of take that? So, so he- here's here's the thing. There is a movement. There is a release the Snyder Cut movement going on right now in um, on the internet in regards to 
Rise of Skywalker from Raylos, right? So they honestly believe that that ending is not the only ending, that another ending was shot. And that somebody started taking the scene where she's standing in front of the twin sons. Yeah, I did see Um, that. And it is not filmed for that. Mm -hmm. And so you're like, oh, okay. And then I forget who it was. It might have been Peter Sharetta came out and said, yeah, they didn't. That wasn't the original ending. The original ending was her and all her friends, you know, Poe, Finn, Chewbacca, all that, were on Tatooine. And they felt it would be much better to have her be by herself, let's say. Uh huh. And so you've got that coming out. And you've got that thing coming out, but then you've got the people insisting that that uh, Ben Solo really lived. Right. The issue is the thing that starts to be curious about all of this is that you remember some of the leaks, right? Mm-hmm. There was a leak or a rumor that the ending was her. On Tatooine with her friends. Right. All of them there. Right? Yeah. And that there wasn't an old lady who came and asked about the Skywalker place. There was somebody else. It was somebody in a cloak. And it was Ben Solo in a cloak. And she sees Ben, gives him a smile, and says, Skywalker. He kind of nods. The friends don't know it's Ben Solo, so that's how you get around the whole there's a former mass murderer here. <laughs> but that was the rumor. That was one thing I will say about this just real quick. As another reminder about that, that rumor came from 4chan. And, it did. Well, it was and, the only... Go ahead, sorry. Well, say, and it was the one that had the so <laughs> with the Force Awakens came out, remember there was the whole My Baby Girl thing, right? Just yeah, I, okay, sure. Do, do you remember that? I don't know, not really. I don't know. So that, yeah, there was there was supposedly somebody who leaked that at the end of the movie, Luke was going to turn around and he was going to look at Ray and say, "Oh, like My Baby Girl has returned" or something like that, and that was going to be the end of the movie. And everybody was like, "Okay, yeah, no, that's fake. Like, there's no way." So same type of thing with this one. It's just like the new version. Where the the line was for some reason Ben was gonna say no I do, um, which didn't make any sense. Like the person was quoting the dialogue of that final scene, and him saying that made absolutely no sense with the rest of the dialogue. It was so obvious that it was not genuine. So either it, something was literally like lost in translation or something like that, or it was. Uh, I think most people are seeing that specifically as like a four chain rumor that was just. But don't you ba- think ba- based it's off odd? Of nothing. Don't you think it's odd that that was the only rumor that we really had that actually had the group there? Yeah, but it's also kind of easy to guess that, though. It is, but at the same time, it's like, it's like specifically with all these leaks, the one thing that we can never get a grasp on from all the leaks that nobody knew is what happened to Ben Solo. He, the only leaks that came out up until like the week of release was Palpatine throws Ben down the shaft. Oh, well. 
And that's the last we see of him. Never to be seen again. Never to be seen again. Everything else is spot on, except for when they obviously edited or changed it. Right. But there's never any leak on that. I mean, you start putting all this together, and it's like, oh, maybe. Maybe these people are right. You know, my thing, I mean, again, I've said, I said this before the movie came out. Like, one of my things is the process of making a movie and realizing the vision is part of what's fascinating to me about movies and, and why I enjoy knowing sometimes with certain things what the story is and stuff to see how they do it. So as someone who feels that way, I don't know, maybe it's just a personal preference, but I'm like, oh, yeah, this this sounds interesting. I wonder what other visions they had before they settled on the one that we got. I don't care. Like, we'll find out in time, I'm sure. I hope we find out the, the full story. But, like, I'm like, okay, look, this is the movie that we got. Cool. I like it. I'm not upset that they didn't do something else. Like, I, I don't know. This, this might just be my personality, yeah, I mean, but... We're not going to get... We're not going to get a, a, a... alternate cut that has been alive. Oh, t- Yeah. Nor would we ever get, I believe, deleted scenes with an alternate ending. I, you don't do that for Star Wars. That's just a way to to make a whole world of people PO'd. You know, I always I always tend to look at all the until the Force Awakens, and I didn't really look at many of them for uh, Last Jedi, but but all the ones that Lucas ever released always feel that they're just. Real parts of the canon that uh, we don't have time to see in the in the main story. Yeah, you know, like that extended pod pod race really happened, but you don't right. need to see all of it. Yeah, that, that's kind of my my approach too. Except yeah. for like Revenge of the Sith, some of those deleted scenes contradict each other. Uh, like the Shock T died twice in deleted scenes only. So I mean, there there's some issues with that, but I still take it. I mean, it, it's still the story that came from George Lucas, so it, it's still the basis to go on until proven otherwise. Like Padme, you know, meeting all of Padme's family members. You know, yeah, always, those names are canon. But I don't know. I mean, it's it, it's an interesting thought, you know, especially with all the different things. You know, a lot of people are not. I don't know if I can even say a lot of people. There's a sizable or a vocal group of people that are angry so i want to this is what i'm going to do i want to say something real quick but it's going to anger a lot of not a lot of people but it would annoy a lot of people so i'm just going to say it to get out of my system i'm probably going to edit over myself so nobody knows what i'm saying i may i may join in with you and and i don't want to (laughs) edit. well so let me just say that uh, I saw, like, with all that stuff that was going on, I saw this, like, tweet from somebody, and they are basically like, we're on to you, JJ, never mess with the Raylos, we'll keep you, uh, you know, accountable for this, blah, 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 and I'm just rolling my eyes, who cares, get over yourself, come on, get a life, people, <laughs> come on, there's way people, more to life than this. People are uh, threatening bombing Lucasfilm. But it's just like, like seriously, like you people. I don't want to go with the stereotype of like, like th- this is worse than like the fanboys in their thirties and their mom's basements. Like this is this is a problem. I, I always told you I never really liked shippers, didn't I? But yeah, yeah, you did. Now, now you know why. And, and, I, I, and respect respect to all the the reasonable shippers out there who enjoy doing it for a pastime. But when you be get when you get so involved in your ship. That you start threatening, you know, 
people, you are literally, somebody pointed this out. And unfortunately, okay, so there's a new website out there. I haven't paid to be a part of it because they are strictly, you pay to be a member or you don't get to read their articles, but it's called Rebeller. Um, They are, it's by Fangoria. It's basically like Rambo and and Westerns and Die Hard and and all those type of movies. Their their thing was all I could see was what they just started before it took it away. But their their thought is that fandom nowadays is Annie Wilkes from Misery. And if anybody doesn't know, Misery is a story of a writer who in the snow goes off like he has a crash and a woman rescues him, happens to be one of the biggest fans. And she finds out that her favorite character dies. And so she pretty much tortures this writer and forces him (laughs) to write a story to make the character live. That sounds so familiar now. Right? Yeah. Have you you ever seen Misery? No, but like I can see where that would be the right description. Right. She happens to, she, she knows she's mad at him. You killed, you killed off. I think her name is destiny. You killed off destiny. Well, you're going to write the next novel that destiny comes back. And at one point she hobbles him. He tries to escape. She takes a sledgehammer and breaks his legs. Stephen King horror. Great movie. So I want to fandom right now is Annie Wilkes. They are crazy. They want their stories the way they want it. You're right. And you know, I'm going to quote DJ here and I'm going to learn you got something big. Um, (laughs) It's not real, guys. It's for fun. It's for entertainment. It's all fake. It all came from people's minds, and it doesn't matter. Look, I get to, I get being disappointed in things. I really do. But there's such a thing as moving on and accepting. You know that that's that's how you're supposed to do things. Yeah, but the issue now the issue now is that is that you've got the people on that side of the spectrum who are really effing crazy. Okay, but th- but then you have the medium crazy people who are like, Rose Tico deserved more. Rose Tico's a crap character. I'm sorry, she had her time. She got sidelined in this one. I'm sorry, your favorite character or a character you like got sidelined. But I liked Captain Phasma. Captain Phasma was a crap character. She got sidelined. R2D2 is not a crap character. He got sidelined. Characters get sidelined. Doesn't change anything. I wish they didn't, but they did. But to be angry and start, you know, throwing daggers at, at creators, it doesn't make any sense. The story is the story. If you don't like it, go find a story that you love. You know, and and then you see people diversity is big. I love the fact that we have diversity in the Star Wars. But you mm-hmm. cannot, in good conscience, in my opinion, complain about Rose Tico and diversity when this is the most, aside from her, this is the most diverse cast of Star Wars we've ever had. Ever. Main characters sure. in this movie are a Latino, a black man, a woman. That's the three mains. Lando Carries and a black man. Jana, supporting actor, is a, is, a, is, a, is a black woman. You have Rose Tico, who's an Asian woman, and I get it. They do seem to be underrepresented. You know, Asian Americans are definitely underrepresented in American films. 
but you just scream, you know, people of color got the shaft. No, they didn't. Not in, not in these films. You know, disagree with me. Send me a letter. I don't care. Not in these <laughs> films. They did not. Well, Stop like you said, especially especially in comparison to everything that came before. You know, if there is an issue with this sort of stuff, it's uh, of the three trilogies. This is not the first one to have that the complaint. No, I mean, there's only, you know, there's only so much you could do in this. You know, a lot of stuff got sidelined. And unfortunately, she's the character that has the least, you know, her, her arc kind of completed itself. You know, it, it, I don't know. Everybody's mad. I'm not. Well, I mean, you know, honestly, I'm sure that there are people who felt like uh, Lando might have been a little, not, not to the same way, but almost like a little sidelined in Return of the Jedi, too. You know, he was separated from the main three. Uh, with, he had little interaction with them. He was important to the story, more so, I guess, than Rose was for Rise of Skywalker. Oh, sure. The thing that we've always stressed on this podcast is, is obviously you can be critical of anything. You don't have to love everything. You just have to be respectful about it. You know that, and if you choose not to, not to, then I choose not to associate myself with you. I, I, don't, I don't want you <laughs> following me. I don't. I don't want you listening to this podcast if you're one of those people that are out there just, just raging. You know, being disrespectful about stuff. You know, Rise. Uh, sorry, not Rise. Uh, last year, it's not my favorite movie, but I respect Ryan Johnson as a filmmaker. I respect him as a writer. I should respect him as a director. I think he makes great yeah, movies. Absolutely. It's just not. It's not my favorite. You know, but but now suddenly, you know, all the people who were you have to get behind him, you have to support him, are like, JJ can go to hell. You know, and it's like, guys, you're the people who were trying to protect a writer you enjoyed, and now you're going after a writer, you know, a director that 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 ruins your movie. Come on. Well, you know, and like you said, I have a huge amount of respect for Ryan Johnson. I would love to meet the guy, and. My bottom two Star Wars movies were both directed by George Lucas. You know, it, it, it's it, it's just, and the bottom are still some of my favorite movies. So, I don't know. It's just at the end of the day, again, it's like, this is fun. This is for fans to have a good time for entertainment. That's all it is. It's just entertainment. It's good versus bad. You know, classic storyline. It's a myth. It's It's a space ancient myth. That's why it says a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Everyone begin when they all begin, and I, I kind of want to. This is a little cheesy, but for everybody, you know, we all have this Star Wars mindset. So I kind of want to point back to something that it, there, there are words of wisdom in here. Frank Oz at the red carpet said one of his favorite things was, um, "That's why you fail," which he said, of course, in Empire to Luke. Because there are wisdom or there are pieces of wisdom in these movies. So when Qui Gon and Phantom Menace says, if fo "Your focus determines your reality," that's very true as well. So for everybody who is so focused on raging and hating and tearing these things down. To an extent, at this point, a reaction is one thing. But at this point, to still be going the way that you are, you are doing it to yourself. I mean, that's just how I look at it. But if you focus on trying to... There are... I don't want to go too deep with this. But there are some friends I have online on Twitter who do not like the sequel trilogy. And that's fine. And they're happy for those who do. And they see them, they go, eh, yeah, that one wasn't for me either. And they move on with their life and they still love Star Wars. So... 
there, there are many ways to, to go about this. We did not have a note about talking about the fandom here, but <laughs> about the state of the fandom. But it is still, it's relevant because it's one of the biggest communities online is the Star Wars fandom. And so naturally, the, the big, vocal. yeah, like and the bigger that you get, the more voices you have, the more conflicts that you have. That's just the, the nature of the game. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I, it's a mess and no one's going to fix it. So I just need to accept that it is the way it is, I guess. Yeah. And, and all you can do is like, I've had, I've had some people that I enjoy following, um, you know, mute them, mute them for a while. And then when you unmute them later, if they're still, if they're still just being crazy, unfollow them, you know, yeah. nothing, nope, nothing personal. I'm sure they're wonderful people in real life. It's just we all get a little heated about our fandoms. I, I certainly get heated, you know, um, trying to protect quote unquote Game of Thrones. But again, that's one of those situations to where people really go after the creators or the the showrunners personally. Yeah, you know, if you don't like the way that that they that they did the story, that's fine. I get it. You know. Mm-hmm. But don't go after them personally because they made decisions that you disagree with. You know, just thinking about, I love Rise of Skywalker, but there's a couple of things just thinking about it that I would have, that I would have done different. You know, I was talking with LA Kings Drew about, you know, I would have loved to have seen instead of dealing with all this Wayfinder thing and going to find the Sith dagger, I think it would have been cool if Sith acolytes came after her. Like she yeah. has no idea that that there's these guys like kind of trailing her and hiding that come out and try and kill her or capture her or take her to Palpatine and maybe they have a dagger and she's sees something, you know. She finds out that maybe they're making pilgrimages to the Death Star. Where Palpatine quote unquote died or, or changed or transformed himself, and that's how she sees how to get to Exegol. I mean, there's little things you could do like that. It would it would be different. Yeah. But just because I'm thinking of ways that things I would have liked to see doesn't mean I hate the directors or the writers or, or want to change what they did. It's just, it's fun to imagine things going a different way. I mean, I just saw the movie again yesterday and I am still in the same boat I was last week at our review, which is I still think it's probably the third of all nine on my list. I love the movie. And I am the same as you, where I feel like... It, I'm not in a critical way. Just if I had been the one to create this story, it's a great story, but there are details in it that I would have done differently that have a different effect. Just like you said, I think what you said was a great idea. So stuff like that, you know, it's fine. And it's still, you know, number three on my list. I love the movie. So I don't know. Again, I just feel like any one thing, you become too attached to something. If one plot line, one storyline doesn't go the way that you want, and then you just ruin it all for yourself. I'm still on the same topic. I, I, we probably should move on, but no. Well, uh, but, but but see, here's a good segue. So so, Return of the Jedi is is not in my top three films uh-huh. of all time or of Star Wars films. Yeah, but it has the most perfect sequence out of any Star Wars films. Then it, and it's my favorite of all nine. Okay, and that and that's great. You and I can differ on it, but you and I will probably agree on the sequence. We can't differ, man. But Luke versus Your opinion Vader. sucks. Luke versus Vader and, and the Emperor to me is the greatest sequence in all of Star Wars. Yeah, doesn't matter. That whole confrontation, 
the tension, the music, everything. It's perfect. It's perfection to me. The it's whole climactic. movie may not. It is, and the whole movie may not be my favorite, but I can look and go. That section is amazing. Yeah. Same same thing with Rise of Skywalker. Now you know. Right now, it still sits at number seven for me because again, I haven't really sat on it for me personally long enough. But I think that the Death Star two sequence. From when she lands at the Death Star 2. Well, actually, uh-huh. you know, I, w- I would say to when Kylo and her meet up in the throne room. Yeah. Until he has his conversation with Han Solo. Yeah. That that sequence is one of the greatest sequences in all nine movies. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. I, don't, I and- don't rank it. I haven't ranked it yet. But that is one of the greatest sequences in all the films. It's one of the greatest. You are absolutely right. And and a large part of that, not completely, but a large part of that is, can we just say it again? Adam Driver knocked it out of the park with this movie. Uh, all three, but especially this one. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. So, uh, it, it, And it's such a critical part for his character, too, because that sequence is where it, Kylo Ren dies and, and Ben comes back, you know? So that's a critical part, not only for his acting, but for the story. It needs to work, and that's, I agree, that's, it's a fantastic sequence, because it shows so much about the characters. I, I don't mean, like, characters as in the person in the movie, but I mean, like, the character, who you are character of Rey and Kylo in that scene. So, yeah, no, it, it's great. It's, it's very well done. And I, I actually, I didn't even think from that point on for the rest of the movie is better done than up to that point or better executed i should say oh sure yeah absolutely that's such a watershed moment for the for the entire film but you know that whole that whole sequence you know in in you know i listened to to uh paul herman you know he, he goes by p thug online he has a couple different god i don't know i think you guys got like eight podcasts he does uh <laughs> But he's respected in the fan community. He he doesn't really care for Last Jedi. It's not his favorite. He's loved, you know, Rise of Skywalker. But I listened to their epic, like, eight-hour review of, uh, good Lord, it was long, of um, <laughs> Rise of Skywalker. But one of the things that really, you know, how important or how crucial the whole Leia sequence of what they did and Ben and Ray and why doesn't her body disappear right? You know what I mean? Yeah. And you start to, you know, as they're discussing it, you you start to see that this is all very well. You didn't know why does Ben, you know, why does Ben Kenobi disappear? You know, why do the force ghosts appear? You don't, you don't always supposed to know that it's supposed to be kind of up to, you know, interpretation. And in this situation, you look at, look at, she doesn't just call his name. She doesn't just use all her power to save Ben. She sort of gives her life force to them. She gives uh-huh. her energy to them. Yeah, she's you know, with Ray, him. She's with both of them, I think. Because, well, yeah, yeah. Because Ray's getting her butt beat. She's struggling to win. And at any time, he can end it by killing her. But he's not. He's sort of holding back a little bit. You see her, like, tired. And, you know, she was winded yeah. alone when she, when she, you know, um, healed the, the, you know, that snake of superficial wounds or whatever that took a little yeah, bit of yeah. energy out of, that took energy out of her. 
but she's already losing the fight. The only reason she's able to stab him for a mortal wound is because he's distracted by hearing his name from his mom. Right. But how does she suddenly have the energy or the force to heal him? Not only heal his mortal wound to to clear his scars, you know, because his his scar that she caused is now gone. And I honestly think it's because now her spirit is with them. That's why the body doesn't go away. The body's still there because she hasn't fully moved to the next realm, so to speak. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so, and also she's holding on to the metal, you know, from hand. So that could be partially how the whole conversation that happens, you know, between, between Kylo and Han Solo, you know, and and Terrio, Chris Terrio came out today. Uh, There was, there was an interview with him about how he said their whole point was to mirror the dialogue from the force awakens. Right. This is what, this is what Kylo wishes he said, if he were Ben. And you start to think of it that way, and it's like, yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty heartbreaking. It's amazing, you know. Oh yeah. And and when you start to think that this is what, I don't really see any other option for this. This is the, you know, I don't see that that they were trying to do something else, and this is just one fan's perspective. I I think this is what they were probably going for. That that there has to be a specific reason why she doesn't disappear until he disappears. Until she's given up her energy to save him, or excuse me, until he's given up his energy to save her, and now Leia, who's been with him the whole time, can go. I, I think she it's just... that. Well, I think it's also symbolic of how she never gave up on her son. Right, but she's not just yelling, Ben. It's more than that. It's yeah, she's there with them for the final battle. Right. You don't hear right. You don't hear her as one of the past Jedi's, correct? Uh, I believe that's correct because in the trailer, uh, she's the one trailer, who said always, yeah, but but not here, but n- right. So she hasn't gone on yet. She's somehow with them. She is not, you know, a Force ghost, so to speak, yet to be able to be one of the past Jedi who's helping her out. And when it's all said and done, when she's helped them defeat Palpatine is when she gives up the ghost, so to speak. So I, yeah. I, I think that whole sequence is, is amazing. And because of that, it's one of my favorite sequences in any Star Wars film. And it's also such a great thing for Carrie Fisher as well. Yeah, they did really well with. Uh, I think they honored her to the best of their ability, and yeah, to the best of their ability was pretty damn good. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, considering that what they had to work with too was unused footage from um the first movie in this trilogy. They didn't even use anything from Last Jedi or anything like that. Nope. It really is impressive. Their hands were tied, and. Obviously, the end result is not the same as what it would have been if she had still been here to do it. But I still, like you said, I think considering their circumstances, you can't ask for much more. Well, then also you and I have talked about how it, it's the two sky. You know, it's not just Ray 
who is um I think we talked about this. It's it's not just Ray who is defeating Palpatine. It's the Skywalker sabers, like Excalibur, are there uh-huh. with her. You know, yeah. and even Terrio said that in an interview today. It's it's Ray with a combination of, you know, Luke and Leia are with her to stop the guy who's pretty much been their nemesis, you know. Yeah. Since the start of the Skywalker line, pretty much with Anakin at least. Right. And, and so when all when all is said and done, you can dislike the movie. It may not be your cup of tea, but but to say that these, you know, these guys are incompetent or didn't know what they're doing, I, I think they did a great job with what they had. And and again, they've made some of the best Star Wars for me personally, uh, out of any of the you know, certainly the Night Saga films and uh, any of it. Television, animation you know, Star Wars story films, that sequence to me is one of one of my favorite. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like like one this is kind of going back to a previous conversation, but just one thing I want to say based off of something you said too before. We do have an email we'll get to in just a second too. Um but, the other thing you talk about. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but also we one of the things I have seen that's kind of annoyed me a little bit with people complaining about this movie was just that they did not like that at the end of it, there are no bloodline Skywalkers still around. So first off, I, I feel like, again, like Luke says in the movie that, you know, some things are stronger than blood first off. But secondly, I feel like like we need to, again, take a step back and remember what this is. This is episodes one through nine, a beginning, a middle, and an end about this Skywalker family. And it's, like I said before, it's a myth. It's an operatic space mythology piece is what it is. You can't, it's not real life, you know? So yeah, if this were real life, you might want to have, you know, maybe some sort of Blood Skywalker line to still talk to and be like, hey, how are you? Or whatever. Okay. But this is a myth of a family that's a legend. Do you know what I mean? It's a beginning, middle, and an end. Well, and as a father of... A son who does not have my blood, right? But calls me dad. Mm-hmm. You do not have to have somebody's blood to love, honor, respect, cherish, and for them to be a part. Absolutely. Of in fact, there are sometimes when that relationship is five hundred times stronger than the blood relationships are. Sometimes. Well, and that's one of the things that the, you know people say. Oh, we shouldn't have. Um, you know. Ray doesn't have their blood. So are you telling me that that Bail Organa was not Princess Leia's father? Thank you. That, that's a that's an excellent point. I hadn't thought of that yet. You know, even even though Luke clearly is being a petulant, you know, teenager, uh, are you telling me that that the Lars family did not take care of him? They had no, they had no blood relationship with him. The start of the movie is two people who. Do not have the two main stars. Do not have any blood relation to their parents, and yet yep. they're the heroes. So this this you know whiny fanboy crap about about he doesn't have or shouldn't have blood uh, enough. Go 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 watch another show. I'm yeah. gonna gatekeep on this one. Well, it's just that that's. It's a little bit ridiculous. Well, you clearly haven't watched the sh- you clearly haven't watched the movies if that's the situation, because again, you know, she will always be you know she's a princess. Everyone talks about she's princess, princess Leia, she's princess Leia, she's a princess to me. 
Laura Sentek even says, she should always be a princess. She's a princess because of Bail her, adopted, her adopted parents. Yep. But at the same time, those are her, that's her dad, that's her mom, you know? It's it's ridiculous. So, anyways. Uh, and then the other thing, you know, uh, I want to talk about real quick was just, you know, Leia's premonition. Yep. Yeah, when you know, they the, whole, did the flashback sequence. Yes, the whole reason she stops, you know, uh, um, stops being a Jedi, stops taking training, is because she has a vision that Kylo Ren's going to turn bad. And, you know, that's the one thing that we've learned in this saga is that, you know, boy, Skywalkers and Premonitions are not, <laughs> are, are not good. You know, Anakin sees Padme, you know, in pain and, and dying and turns out, yeah, it's because that's what you did. Because so, him trying to prevent it caused it to happen. Right. And and even Luke, you know, he's on Dagobah and not quite the same, but he sees his friends in pain and I have to go, I have to go save them. They need me. No, they didn't need you. They got out of you. Now they have to save you. Right. <laughs> You know, so so these premonitions tend to go wrong, and it sucks. But if she had ignored this premonition, none of the story would have happened. It, it's very clear that his separation, or it feels like his separation from his his family, you know, his separation from his mother, his separation from his father, you know, led to his sort of alienation. His, his you know. His being susceptible to hearing voices, you know, from from Palpatine, so to speak. Right. Um, I think if she was still training as a Jedi, if she kept him under her wing, you wouldn't have Kylo Ren ever. You'd have Ben Solo. Well, I mean, in a way, then, I guess the visions work out for us as fans because it kind of created the most dynamic character in Star well, Wars. Well, sure, but I, I would <laughs> hope that, that Rey Skywalker, if she ever has a vision, just ignores it and goes, ah, whatever. <laughs> next next time <laughs> if i try and me preventing it will cause it to happen and she's just like it's i had just, this vision that if i go to the go to uncar plut today then three planets will explode yeah yeah i'm gonna go anyway yeah because then you know that that you going there didn't cause it it's you not going there <laughs> that somehow caused it. so anyways i just thought that was interesting you know you, you think about it and, it, and it's very tragic you know, Star Wars has tragic elements, you know, yeah, yeah. certainly a ton of it. But yeah, Skywalker, Skywalkers and premonitions. Uh, not that good. <laughs> not that good at all. So anyway. No, that's, that's a good it. point. That's it for our deep dives today, I guess. <laughs> well, we, we're going to go over here real quick. We have, as I mentioned before, an email from a listener, Rural Farm Boy, who's been great. He's uh, checked out this before. Um, he sent a clip of audio which um i'm going to play uh you guys will be able to hear it uh you're not going to be able to hear mark and me talking over at the same time so it'll be just the audio and then we'll talk about it afterwards so anyway this is what he sent us i'll do tim and mark it's rural farm boy just got home from work a while ago and surfing floating around that twitterverse and seeing one of ian's two i think it was tim put up on uh Podcast 2187 Twitterverse that is going to sit down night and record a show talking about the last two episodes of Mandalorian. Holy force. How about that story? And 
some parts of Rise of Skywalker. So I'll wait for your show to come up and see exactly what that them things are. Um, and also you was asking for if any listener has had questions. Well, this here one listener ain't really got questions. Suggestion, though. Also ask questions of your listeners. Then talk goes and gets deeper and wider. Um, well, no, maybe I will take a, I'll take a shot here. Got a question for each of you and two. Um, in not really a long, drawn-out story kind of way, what is, what's Tim's Star Wars story and Mark's Star Wars story? What got you and you and two hooked into, how'd these stories get latched onto you? Uh, Tim's bit of a younger one, and Mark's about nearly my age. I think I got a couple years on you there, buddy. Um, I've been listening to Yins for what's going on about a year and a half or long, so maybe not nearly from the beginning, but you're along with me every week. So I take you on as friends talking to me whenever I'm listening to your show. And don't rightly remember hearing either of you and Sue's Star Wars stories, so That'd be fun to listen to for me. And maybe other listeners too. Alrighty boys, so I look forward to your show coming up my playlist and I'll, I'll post up in there and let you know where you're at in my daily playlist. And share it around for other friends to listen to too. Until then, my Star Wars friends, may the force be with you. See you on the radio. Well, I actually have a question for Real Farm Boy first before I respond. Okay. Do you churn your own butter? <laughs> That's not what the question I was expecting. Because if you do, I want some. Go ahead and send it my way. Uh, if you honestly <laughs> do, I'll give you my uh, my my address privately. But uh, <laughs> other than that, <laughs> great questions. Uh, my Star Wars story. Okay, I think I may have said it before, but but basically for me, I was born in seventy three. Um, first movie I remember. Watching was Jaws, actually. It scared me. Uh, really scared me. I was afraid to, you know, sit on a toilet. I was afraid to go in the bathtub. I was afraid of water in general because I always assumed Jaws was coming out of whatever water he was in. Um, uh, and I have vague... Yeah, great music, by the way. But I have vague <laughs> memories of the first Star Wars. I remember seeing it. My parents had a truck with a camper shell. And, you know, it was one of those ones to where you could ride on top of the cab. I remember going to a drive-in, and I remember scenes from it, but I don't remember much of it. Um, but what I do remember is very early on, probably, I guess, in 78, 79, um, my mom gave me the toys, you know. And, and the first toy uh, we had, there was, she bought two of them. Um, it was R2-D2 and a C-3PO. And my brother and I, you know, had to choose which one we wanted. Well, he wanted a, a C-3PO, I wanted R2. And, you know, that was it. That was what started me on my love, and my mom would always go and try and find me fi- figures. You know, she'd make sure that anytime she went to the store, she'd look and see if there's a new figure I don't have. So, Star Wars collecting and, and, and Star Wars was always something that was really personal between my mom and I. Um, first time I actually remember watching Star Wars in the theater, more than just those brief tidbits, was when they re released it before Empire. 
Uh, she took me to see it. They had the trailer for Empire Strikes Back with it. And then we went and saw Empire, obviously, Jedi. And then the last movie, before my mom moved away, she lives in Idaho now, I live in California, is uh, we went and saw the midnight screening of um, Revenge of the Sith together at, you know, the theater that we saw everything pretty much at. It was a great experience. So, you know, that's my, I suppose, my Star Wars story, how I fell in love with it. A lot of it has to do with family. A lot of it has to do with just, you know, being the thing that I focused on as a kid, it, it was it was my myths. You know, I, I read comic books. I love Star Wars. You know, and 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 my immersion into it. I didn't we didn't have VCRs and, and laserdisc players back then. You had records, so it was listening to Star Wars on record. It was listening to the music by John Williams. I think that's why I'm such a huge, you know, soundtrack fan is because of that immersion into it. But that's my story. So shockingly. Mine's not that dissimilar <laughs> from ours. It obviously is different, but the, I think a lot of the notes are the same. Um, I do want to say, too, I love your point. Thank you for pointing out uh, that we can post questions to the listeners because I, I tend to get really focused on trying to bring uh, various types of content to this show. And uh, for me, I, I would just tend to go out to like community outreach, so to speak, or so, somehow getting questions posed to us to discuss is, is just like an automatic thing I would go to. I haven't really considered other ways to approach that same concept. So I appreciate that. That's a great idea. Thank you. Um, so for the actual specifics of, uh, or not long and drawn out, but the specifics of how I kind of got into this. It's always been a part of my family. It comes from my parents um, who were, they were the ones in line for the original trilogy. I was born after the original trilogy before the prequels. So I do remember those coming out. I was involved with all that side of it. Um, but I was born after return of the Jedi had come out. So it was something that I kind of just grew up around. It was a part of my family since both of my parents were, were big fans of it. And so that doesn't necessarily mean that it has to be something that I get into, though. But like Mark was saying, I kind of live through it with things like the soundtrack was a huge thing. Uh, getting to listen to that eventually uh, when uh, cassettes were starting to show up in vehicles and stuff. We would if there was like a family road trip or something, the cassette would be in there to listen to the, the score. Um, and as the VHS collections would come out, each of those like like we had to have. It was always the thing. So, and on top of all that, I've mentioned before that my favorite character in all of fiction overall is Luke Skywalker. Not because he's this perfect person who goes out there and, and he's a hero. You can cheer. He's perfect. Nothing like that at all. It was more when I was a kid growing up, he's who, he combined with, with like my father and people in my family. Um, were inspirations for who I wanted to be when I grew up. He was the only fictional person, and the only person I did not know in real life, who inspired me to be somebody when I grew up. So combine having this story of the guy I want to be like be a part of my life, and then just have it be also coming from my family, who I'm close with. Um, it, it's always felt like a, a close part of my life. So kind of similar again to what Mark was saying, but... Um, I don't know. It's it's just a, a big thing for for my family and then for me personally. And, and here I am after time. It, the thing that really ex really made me like uh, solidified me being a fan of all this was reading the Timothy Zahn trilogy novels um, because I for the longest time took up the the original trilogy and like that was it that was star wars that was the only story that's it and then the prequels added more to that and i thought that was cool but even still it ended with 
the following being stories that we already knew. So my mind still, I still wasn't thinking about what happens next. So getting to read those novels from Timothy Zahn really expanded my mind of, you know, these characters are still around and there's still a lot more. We just have a small snapshot of their lives. So that also really kind of solidified my, my dive into the fandom too. Yeah. On a side note, Dark Empire. Yeah. Luke turns bad. Leia's a hero. Resurrect, resurrected Palpatine. Nobody has a problem with that story. (laughs) (laughs) Would people have hated it if they did an adaptation of it? I don't know. Yeah. Boba comes back. You know, it's like, I don't know what, I don't know what these fans, I don't know what fans want. And also, the first. He went away. How dare you? And it's like, yeah, but you kind of got Dark Empire. Kind of. The, the first novel, the first Star Wars novel that I read actually was Darksaber by Kevin something. Oh, I'm sorry, Kevin Anderson. And, and Kevin Anderson. Kevin Anderson. I, I hated that. It sucks. It's, 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 it's a giant lightsaber ship, right? Uh, yeah, it was like one of the huts, I think, ran it or something. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, dude. I, I'm sorry. It sorry. sucked. There, there was yeah. one, one thing. That seriously, I, I, I almost stopped reading it halfway through because General Maidine's one of the characters in there, and basically he's like about to be executed, and like the the rebels are or people are on their way to help save him, and then they show up and they come out of hyperspace right there, right to save him. He's like, oh yeah, I'm saved, and then pow, he's executed and dead. <clears throat> like it was all for nothing. I'm like, that's <laughs> just a, come on, yeah. really, you know, really. That's the, that's the EU. I mean, yeah, but for that to be my first exposure, I was just like, what the crap, guys? Come on. And then I read this on once, and it all got better. But So, anyway. All right. So, Mark, uh, what, what question do we have for our listeners? We are not prepared to ask a question. Um, I would just like to know what your favorite scene is from the entire trilogy. I mean, the entire saga. It didn't have to be the saga. It could be Rogue One. It could be... Uh... You know, it could be a, a solo, a Star Wars story. It could be from The Mandalorian. What's your favorite, or one of, if you don't want to commit, what's one of your favorite, you know, scenes from Star Wars? Clone Wars, Rebels, you name it. So and for, our, our, and for our score fans, what's your favorite track? Oh, so. Okay, so I'm gonna just to get the get the answers rolling here, just to get people thinking. Um, my first thought, I don't know, like like you said, Mark, I don't necessarily gonna commit to this, but my first thought is is the scene slash kind of a sequence between Luke and, and Jedi saying, "I'm a Jedi like my father before me," to where Vader throws um, the Emperor over the shaft. That, but both of those parts kind of together is my first thought for like my favorite scene or, or part of, of the story. Um. Musically, that I mean, Yoda's theme overall is just one of my favorite pieces of music again ever. Although, I feel like that's almost a cop out because it's been showing up a lot more <laughs> recently. Between we have it, we have, well, I know, but we have it in the prequels and then we've been having it throughout the sequel trilogy, um, including like the end of this one. So, if we're gonna go for something a little bit more unique, I also feel like Asteroid Field is the most underutilized theme in Star Wars that is uh, like legendary. I, for me, you already heard my my sequence. It's pretty much similar to Tim's. Uh, flat out Imperial March. But if I had to go with the second one, it's Tie Fighter Attack. Ooh, yeah, that's good. Uh, always, always that, have that 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 music. 
That is a good one, and that's part of the reason why I love Reminiscence Therapy so much, because he pretty much combines that with Asteroid Field. From Solo, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, that was fun. So yeah, I do want to hear about you guys, because, I mean, there's a lot of, lot of material here to take, uh, to take from for, for these yep. things. So um, actually, opinion. I wouldn't even be surprised if, if somebody throws out like a Dark Horse answer of uh, from Rebels with Kevin Kiner and Zeb's home planet. That got a lot of positive feedback for that. So some... I, I, your, your favorite is your favorite. Yeah, there, there matter, isn't the wrong doesn't answer. Doesn't matter for what that. it is. Yeah, you, you. What appeals to you is what appeals to you. I, I'm just curious what it is, and and there's no wrong answer. There's no, no right I'm, answer. And I'm gonna call out uh, uh, three people. <coughs> four. I'm gonna call out four people. I want an answer from you, and if you don't, you're cut off from listening to the show. Because oh, I can, I can, because I can control that. So, uh, Rural Farm Boy, you're the one who suggested that we ask a question of the fa- which again I appreciate. That's a great idea. Thank you. So I'd like to hear your answers. Josiah Ward, who just emailed us last week, uh, yeah. I, I, w- I want to know what your thoughts are. L.A. Kings True, I know you listen. I know you talk to Mark a lot about this sort of stuff. I know you have yep. some nice thoughts. I wanted them contributed to this show here. Okay, and uh, let's see. I'm also going to throw in Jesse because he's he, Jesse, um, who Mark and I talk with a bunch with, with Star Wars stuff. Um, I think he has some other, again, really great thoughts to contribute to this. So I want to hear what he has to say. Anybody else? Again, actually, I should cut myself off. There are a ton of people I want it. Like I could just keep going with a bunch of people I want to hear their thoughts. But I'm definitely calling out those guys. It's a good group of people. We'll get started with that, and everybody else. If we if we didn't uh, say your name, it's not because we don't love you. You know what, Carl uh, Fox? You too. There you go. Yeah. Tim Sleepy. Joey. Joey. I think I'm getting sick. Yes, Joey. Welcome back. I know Joey's been gone for a little bit because of the spoilers, but everybody. I'm, I'm happy Joey's back. Joey is one of the people I'm. Joey and uh, Jesse. I'm noticing some and Jason. I'm noticing a lot of J's here. Are people? They're pretty much the three of them that I was trying to hang out with at celebration. I mean, I, I tried for Noah. I saw him from across the, well, not across the arena, from like a couple rows aside. I got a wave in. That was about it. Um, but this is yeah. Noah's favorite movie. It, oh, I'm trying to. Remember. I think I might have seen him say that. Yeah. Well, he, he doesn't listen though, so he's never going to know that we called him out. Yep. Anyway, Fine. okay. Or right. say bad things about him either. So. Yeah. Anyway, but thank so, you everybody for li- thank you everybody for listening. Uh, happy New Year! Some happy New Year! Yeah, 2020. It's true, guys. What's wrong with you? It took you. Uh, you're listening to this in an entirely different year. It's a joke no one's ever heard before. You heard it here first. Last year, Mark, you're making this Why? awkward. Why, <laughs> guys? Happy. Like, I, I give a lame dad joke. You're supposed to call it out as a dad joke or something weird no. and lame like that, and you don't. You stay silent. It just makes it, like, crickets and weird and awkward. Real quick, when, when's our anniversary? Because uh, the podcast... Oh, the, snap. The, tw- the Twitter podcast, the Twitter account for Podcast 27, the anniversary was today. Today? That's what it told me. It says, today's your anniversary. Because I tweeted out those questions. Well, all righty, then. Uh, let's find out. Uh... 
Okay, we're going to find this. Here we go. This is our podcast website. Oh, this is... oh we need to update that. Oh, we should. So I am just going to very casually scroll through this here and occasionally click. I'm going to find the exact date of episode one. Technically, the first thing that we posted was actually... We, so when we made this show, we were nervous that somebody else was going to take the name. Because it was a, a you know right after Force Awakens, uh, so the, we established this line um, where it's basically it's a little bit different. It's basically the intro to our show now was the very first thing that we published under this name just to get it out there so that we could use the name. And then after that, we did our actual first episode. So um, with that being said, yeah, it looks like the the special introduction we called it was just the, the you know five second op- ten second opener to the show that was posted on january 2nd of 2016 uh and episode one was posted january 18th all right getting close and let's see january 18th is a saturday this year so maybe i don't know for sure we can talk about it but maybe something we can do is on the 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 episode following that weekend of the 18th maybe you and i can go back and and listen to episode one and kind of figure out what we did wrong or what we're doing wrong now or <laughs> something else. Do audio commentary on episode one. I mean, commentary th- on the commentary. I-, I was thinking that, but the only issue is it's going to be crazy confusing to hear us talking about us with us. Are you able to up the episode into the feed? Oh, that's true. They might just be hearing us talk about. I don't know. We'll talk about. It. We'll figure it out. If anybody, if or if people think that's a horrible Maybe idea, let us know. Current episode and say flashback first episode, and then we can talk about you know what's changed, what's different besides two people not being there. Um, I, might, I might be able to do that. That's not a bad idea. Yeah. Yeah, it's worth a shot. All right. Well, anyway, Maybe. so yeah, so we got we got a couple weeks. Um, but again, thank you everybody, and then we'll, that will be four years old that we will be. So. Oh, yes. oh, hold on, hold on. What? Somebody wants to say hi. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was so busy this year, I didn't really have time to talk. <laughs> it's been a whole year since I talked to you. Yes, well, it was a busy year, and Santa got really drunk. <laughs> <laughs> did he? <laughs> oh, he, was, yes, he did. Is, is that the spiked eggnog, or is it just straight up? Nope. Straight okay. Up. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, I waste time. Eggnog's too filling. I'm on keto. Uh, you can drink, uh, you know, spirits on keto. <laughs> so, anyways, happy, uh, happy New Year, everyone. Hope you had a Merry Christmas, and I'll see you next year. Hopefully, you can stay longer next year. He, he's already gone. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you know, an, appear- an appearance from the big guy is still an appearance. Most knew. most shows don't have that. No, not even now. You know, he it is a Santa drive by. <laughs> well, or I appreciate I, I appreciate you making him stop in and not keeping him in the basement this time, and just making him stop in to uh, say hi. You're welcome. All right. So again, like Mark said, Happy New Year, everybody. Um, hopefully, 2020 is going to be awesome and we'll be here for it so uh enjoy the day if you're listening to this again on new year's eve or new year's day or or right after or whatever just you know i hope you're enjoying the time that you have and we'll see you next time 